just a little bit caught in the middle Life is a maze, love is a riddle I don't know where to go, can't do it alone I've tried, and I don't know why Hi everyone, welcome to Parenting Portal. My name is Joanna Port. I am a mom of four to Zoe, Levi, Ruby, and Ray, and I am the director at Crestwood Hills Preschool in Los Angeles. This podcast is a guided discussion between me and an expert in the field of parenting. Today, I'm with Stephanie Demery, and we are talking about EMDR. When something traumatic happens, we don't see it in a beginning, middle, end kind of way. It's fragmented. Allow your kid to feel those uncomfortable feelings and move through them and know that they can tolerate them and still be okay. I don't like to say it's a miracle, but it comes close. And it's, it's important that people know that it's out there. EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Psychotherapy. Wow, that's a lot. It's a mouthful. (laughs) It's a mouthful. (laughs) I am excited to have Stephanie. I've known her for a long time now because she has three children and um, they all went to Crestwood and Mm -hmm. we've just met there. Yeah. And I do feel like I will know you for a really long time. Absolutely. She really introduced me to EMDR therapy. That's right. And I was fascinated by it because I had a daughter who has arthritis and she had to have shots every week and she would panic, panic before and after the shots and throw up and have like major panic attacks all around it. She recommended EMDR to me. And then I started doing research and finding out about it. And I thought it was so cool and interesting. And we did it Mm -hmm. and it worked and it it helped. So it was a really awesome thing. And I wanted to bring you on because I don't think a lot of people know about it. That's what's so cool about it. Let's start with your resume first. Stephanie is a licensed marriage and family therapist in West Los Angeles. She has a private practice working with children, adolescents, and families. She specializes in working with childhood disorders that include depression, anxiety, PTSD, learning challenges, low self-esteem, conduct disorders, autism, ADD and ADHD, addiction, and obsessive compulsive disorders. She is a certified in eye movement desensitization and reprocessing psychotherapy. She lives in LA with her three kids. Jones, how old is he? He's 12. Oh my God. So old. Willow. 10. And Rhodes. <laughs> Who's graduating from Crestwood. Yes, he's a Crestwood oh. cutie patootie. I see him every day. I love him. <laughs> and the other reason I really wanted to bring you on is because right now we are currently going through a trauma, the entire nation. Right. The anxieties and depressions on children are high, high, high. And I'm right. like, I really, really wanted to touch upon that at some point. Yeah. But we need to start with what is EMDR? Let's start with that. Okay, so you um, you already explained it stands for eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing. And it's a type of psychotherapy that targets trauma and or any adverse experience. So typically when we think of trauma, we think of like PTSD or, or really severe traumas. But it, it ranges, you can use it with anything from, you know, war or, um, you know, a hurricane up to a bee sting or uh, bullying in school. Mm. And also relational traumas. And we call those little T's because they happen over time. So in a family, maybe where the parents are saying something negative over and over again, mm. that becomes a belief, a little trauma, you know, that actually we hold and so our- with kids, it could be all kinds of traumas, you're yeah, saying. Like, yeah. what, give me some example. Like, it could be anything from child abuse to... 
Well, like you said, yeah. your your daughter with the fear of of getting shots. I have a lot of I work with a lot of kids with that same fear. Kids that are afraid of dogs, you know, maybe they got bit by a dog, maybe not. You know, they we don't really have to know the exact like event that took place, which uh. is which is great. And the kids also don't have to talk about it. It can work without them really going through the details of the event. Which is cool. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah. And so we're going to focus this episode on kids because okay. that's what it's for. Yeah. Um, but it is for all ages. Absolutely. I mean, yes. Adults use it too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where did we it- have more trauma to work on. I know. <laughs> <to work through. laughs> it's probably. <laughs> Where did it originate from before we go into what exactly it, it, what yeah. it is? Because so, I'm so curious. It's um, it's relatively new to you know psychotherapy, the psychotherapy world. It was, let's see, in the 80s or early 90s. A woman, her name is Francine Shapiro, uh-huh. and she she was the one who kind of stumbled upon it. There's a couple different stories. I've heard different ones, but she was working with clients, and she she noticed that when they would recall an event, that their eyes would move back and forth, uh-huh. and so that's that's how she you know their eyes are open, but they're looking side to side when they're when they're retelling the event. And so that's that's originally how she started doing more and more research. And we definitely work, we use EMDR for trauma, but it can be low self-esteem. It can, you know, these negative beliefs that we, that happen, you know, through events in our life. Yeah. So we can target a lot of different things. And and then it just built up because I know you went to, you got a certificate, there's schools for it now. And- yeah, you have to be trained in it. And uh, so that, oh God, I did that 10 years ago, I uh-huh. think. Um, so yes, you have to be certified to uh-huh. do it. And and then you have to put in a certain amount of hours and um, be supervised. So people come to you for that, or they just come to you for therapy. Psycho- or right. For, for, right, right, both right. Mm-hmm. In specific. Mm-hmm. Will you see somebody and then recommend this? Absolutely. Um, Right. Absolutely. That happens all the time. Right. So, I mean, some people come to me because they are referred straight for EMDR. Right. But other times it's something different. And as I'm trying to figure out what tools I can use to best help them get to that healing place, a lot of times I'll recommend we do this. So, how does it work? So, how it works is, so say a, a kid comes in. Okay. Usually if it's a young kid, I have the parent there the whole time. Okay. And if we know the target, so let's say it is a dog bite, mm-hmm. well, first, there's a lot of resource building. There's different stages of EMDR, so okay. you don't go straight into the traumatic event. Okay, I have to assess to make sure that there's um, enough support for the kid mm-hmm. um, and that the, and the child has like their own resources. Okay. And if they don't have that many, mm-hmm. then, then we start there. We're all help build those resources. Mm-hmm. So it's visualizations that we, we imagine I'll have them pick a peaceful, calming place, you know, and I'll have them connect all their sensories to that place. So, you know, close your eyes. I want you to bring up a place that makes you feel really, um, calm and, and peaceful and connected to yourself. Um, they think of it. You have a picture in your head. Yeah. How do you feel when you're there? It's usually all these positive feelings. And and then we then we do the bilateral stimulation. So it's it's imprinting in their bodies and their brain this positive resource. Okay. A positive feeling. A positive from, a, from like a memory. A good um, memory. A good a good a good yes. Yes. Um yes. And they can use that. What's so great is that they can use that outside of the session. 
you know, all the time. So, and I let them know that. And I teach them like the butterfly. um, What's that? Tap. So you just cross your your arms and you just tap on either side of your your arms. Uh And that's um, stimulating the bilateral um, stimulation, what we do in uh, EMDR session. And so the bilateral stimulation is, can you describe that? So the, so the eye movement, it, that was the first thing that she used. So okay. she was following, you know, the therapist would say, just follow my finger or a stick, you know, and oh. the, the client would just watch back and forth, left to right. Okay. And um, and then bring up the, the memory. Okay. And um, I've found that most of my clients like to close their eyes, not all of them, but not all kids like to, it just depends. So there's other things that we can use. I have tappers. So these vibrating little tappers that they hold in their hand yeah. and it just kind of buzzes left to right, just stimulating the the uh, bilateral. Both sides of your brain. Exactly. And, and okay. Or headphones. Okay. I have headphones. So it just beeps side to side. Okay. And so that's what bilateral stimulation is. And there's a whole, there's a few different theories um, how it actually works. What is it? Yeah. What are the theory? Like, what are, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the neuroscience. Yeah, <laughs> scientists. I'm, well, one of them is that it mimics our REM sleep. Okay. Because so when we're dreaming and processing all the events that happened in our life in oh. that day, our eyes are moving left to right, left to right. It, when we're sleeping. When we're sleeping. Oh, okay. rapid eye movement. So it goes back between both sides of your brain and while you're sleeping. Is that what it's happening? Or it's, it's, yeah, I, I yes, okay. yes, left and right. That's yeah. like yeah, it's um, hmm. it's it's processing. You're processing. You're processing it. That's where. And what happens with traumatic events is we don't fully process it. So EMDR is helping do that while you're awake. The oh. bilateral tapping or eye movement or the headphones the beeping is is mimicking that process oh i didn't realize that and it's making you process right in a healthy way in a in a process it all the way through um, all the way through all the way through because um our, we tend to when something traumatic happens we don't see it in a a beginning middle end kind of way oh. it's fragmented so we'll have maybe a negative image in our head of the worst part of that. Right. And then associated with that image is negative feelings. Right. Uh, uncomfortable body sensations. Uh-huh. Stomach ache. My heart is beeping, you know, or, beating. Yeah. And then negative thoughts. I'm not, you know, um, I'm going to be hurt or I'm bad or. It and was then my fault or. It's my fault. Negative stuff. And then. Negative beliefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what happens when we experience a trauma and it doesn't, our brains aren't able to process that in the way that they normally do oh okay and it so when you have a trauma and you and that it seems like is the brain doing that because it's like i can't handle this you can't handle this i mean it's just this is the way we're gonna like live and and through this i'm trying to imagine the brain being like Yes. On overload or yes, like it's, it's flooded. malfunctioning. Exactly. Yeah, it's That's fl- exactly what happens. It's yeah. the fight, flight, or freeze response when yeah. when we're having a threat, when we're experiencing a threat. And it's important that we have that, right? Because the, the, we need to run if there's a tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or play, or play right, possum. Right. You know, <laughs> do something. And, but what also happens is that our, our thinking part of our brain goes offline. Right. 
And so, which is good because you don't want to be like, oh, what's that? Standing there. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or like, you know, We're trying standing to, there waiting, <laughs> yeah, figuring it out yeah, while the tiger's right in. No. Okay. So, but <laughs> the, the, other side of that is that then we're not able to fully understand and process and have like separation from that event. Right. So EMDR is helping the brain. It's aiding in its natural healing ability. It's helping it go process it all the way through. And so it's forcing it to process through, but in a yeah, natural and a natural way. So I wouldn't say force because our body oh. automatically does it. Oh. We're just helping it. We're assisting the brain in doing what it naturally does. Because the brain wants to heal. It heal. wants to heal, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That is so interesting. And so just tapping your shoulder, like doing this back and forth out of the headphones. Ray did mm-hmm. the buzzing thing. She did the buzzing, yeah. And the he- headphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of prep work before you get to that. Yeah, yeah, a few sessions, maybe. It all depends on the client, you know, what they're comfortable with mm-hmm. as far as like, yeah, the buzzers or eyes. Some A lot of clients want their eyes open, you know, it's, they need that. So then it's the eye movements. Uh-huh. And and like I was saying, the resourcing is is really important before you go into that memory. And so then they bring up the trauma during this Okay, so Correct. then the next, I did read that there's eight phases of the EMDR. Right, right. I didn't know that, and I don't know what those are, but right. you touched on the first few, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The eight phases, is fun. a lot of them kind of blend together, especially oh. the middle ones. But yes, so the first thing is targeting what you're going to work on. Uh-huh. You know, and again, you don't necessarily have to know. It could be a symptom that we're targeting, like generalized anxiety. Yeah. Like, I had a panic attack yesterday. I have no idea why. Yeah. So you don't necessarily need to know, but we'll figure it out. You know, but say some a kid comes in and and they they know. Love dogs, got bit by one, terrified. Right. Okay. So I have them bring up after the resourcing and all the support work, we go into that memory and I have them bring up the image that represents the most traumatic part. Okay. And right away usually got it. They know exactly because that's it's imprinted. Like they know, they can even say what they wore. That's you so know? interesting. Mm-hmm. They know exactly the moment. Mm-hmm. There's like a flash of something. Sometimes there's a few. Uh-huh. Depends on how long the event went on for. I don't know what going to do about COVID. <laughs> yeah. But that's so interesting. Yeah. It's like the brain has made a stamp on it. Yes, exactly. Or saying you are... I'm going, you're going to remember this part. For yeah. Some yeah. And that's the fragmented oh, yeah. part of it too. So then I um, associated with that image is, you know, all the, the feelings, the thoughts, the, um, the belief about yourself. Um, I'm not safe. Yeah. You know, and so then we, we do the bilateral and um, you just, there's nothing that you have to do. The brain, like you said, it naturally goes towards healing. And so you, you just allow whatever thoughts, images, feelings to arise I say, without pushing them down, you know, and just report back to me. And then we kind of I assess to see how many times we have to do that. And, and then the next stage is the um, reprocessing. What's that? So the reprocessing is changing the, the belief, like I'm not safe, into... I'm safe or whatever they come up with that feels right for them. Uh, Because what happens like with PTSD, let's say is 
you get triggered by things, but you all, all day or, you know, but you're safe. You're not in that scary place anymore, but your body is feeling like it is. You're uh-huh. reacting like you, you are. Uh-huh. And so it's important to, when you're in a safe place and we're able to desensitize that memory, then we're able to reprocess it. And again, it kind of naturally happens where the client is able to do that you know, just naturally, like I am safe because they're able to access the prefrontal cortex because they're not under the flooding fight or flight. Uh huh. They're able to get there they're, because you've unleashed it or unlocked mm-hmm. it or made it safe for Unst- them to. It became unstuck. Unstuck. Yeah. Wow. And so they're yeah. able to, um, probably each time they reprocess, it gets easier and easier. Do you so, find that? Yeah. So, um, Yes. So, you know, if that's like, we, we kind of measure it, we have to measure it to see. So say it was like out of zero to 10, it was an eight, like intensity triggering charged event. Mm-hmm. We want to get it to zero. You're, you're not going to, it's not like we're erasing it. It was scary. Yes. But when you think about it now, what does it feel like? It, you know, we want to, you want to feel neutral. You want to feel like, yeah, that, that wasn't, that happened, that me. happened to me. But I'm, I'm okay. My body's not reacting. I can go walk by a dog. I can actually pet a dog now. I actually want yeah. a dog. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. I've seen that. It is pretty amazing. That's amazing. How many sessions does it take for a kid? Is it? Yeah, it's pretty um, unique to the situation. Um, oh, yeah. It, it just depends on, sometimes there's other things that are linked to it that we're not aware of at uh-huh. first. Uh-huh. So it kind of depends, but but in the in terms of like traditional talk therapy that can last years and years, mm-hmm. this is really effective and a lot faster. I mean, yeah, it probably depends on the case, but do you get parents that are concerned about bringing up the trauma? Like, you know, like worried that yeah. you're going to, you know, I yeah. feel like when we're so enmeshed with our kids that we don't want them to feel like bad again, or even during the trauma. So right. like the dog, let's just take the dog bite as a perfect example. Cause right. it's not like, you know, even, even child abuse, I feel like is hard because often the child is told not to tell. Right. So you're not only is a child not processing naturally, but then the child's told not to process. Right. So they're never talking about it. Right. Um, but parents tend to, okay, the dog bite, mm-hmm. go back to that. They don't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. like, oh, if I talk about it, it'll make them feel upset. My kid will be upset. And so I'm sure that that is concern with yeah. parents. Yeah. And that's that's uh, a lot of just um, like education Yeah, that I, that I do with parents. I mean, if they're in my office, they're usually on to the next step. They're kind of past that. Oh, they're ready for change. They're, they're ready for it. Yeah. But but absolutely, that is something that um, that occurs a lot is that the parents are trying to not have their kid have any kind of distress and right. to to a to a fault because we have to we have to experience those mm-hmm. uncomfortable feelings in order to move through them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know if not they're they're just bubbling up and and you're most Often the kid is thinking about it all the time anyway. Oh, yeah, and not talking about it, not yeah. expressing it. Because they're getting the messages from the parent. Oh, especially anxiety. I mean, it's 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 such a difficult thing for parents and they sense that their their parents don't are uncomfortable with it and just want them to be better. Yeah, know? they so, do. Yeah, they know. Yeah, but it, it but I mean, anxiety is so so prevalent um 
and EMDR does help with that too. But it, it's about tolerating, being able to tolerate the bad feelings. So sure, when you're when I'm bringing up, we're detailed. Like, what did that feel like in your body? Right. Where? What kind of sensations did you did you have? You know, and it goes against you know what we're typically taught to do, which is feel good. Just think about the good things. Yeah. But, and I'm sure these mm-hmm. kids that do it are not, haven't been asked these questions or mm-hmm. they've been asked, you know, they the have, details right like now. The details. And it's probably just so good to like talk about it in a safe yeah. place. And that's where I have found that parents sometimes are really um, surprised at, at the detail that they have. The memory. Yeah. The memory. Really. Yeah. yeah. For that reason, what yeah. you said, the, the questions aren't asked. I mean, it makes sense, you yeah. know, but yeah, the education piece is to just allow allow your kid to feel those uncomfortable feelings and move through them and, and know that they can tolerate them um, and still be okay. You made me think of yoga, mm. and I'll tell you why. Because in yoga, you have to do everything one side, then right. the next side, right? Yeah. I mean, you spend the entire hour and a half doing one side, yes. then the next one side. And if you don't do the other side, people freak out. <laughs> Like, the, like, like, you know, like it's, it's thing. And one, it's of unprocessed. Things, one, <laughs> one of the things that happens to me in yoga, um, is that I write speeches in yoga. I mm. come up with amazing ideas in yoga. My brain is like on fire in yoga. It's crazy. I'm more productive in a yoga class than ever. Yes. I think of amazing, and when I'm done with yoga, I have to go and write down all these ideas. Right. But I think it's because of this bilateral stimulation yeah. where I am stimulating both sides of my brain. Yes. And I'm freeing it, yes. freeing it to yes. think of all these great things. Yes. It's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't like to say it's a miracle, but it comes close. And it's it's important that people know that it's out there. You know? I don't think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the why I really wanted you to come on is mm-hmm. like, I want to spread the word about it. Cause I do think it's another option. Yeah. Yeah. For, for people. Absolutely. And I think as parents, we need to know that, you know, there's all these options and ways to do things. And for some kids, this could be good and some it won't, but. Right. And just a little, uh, I guess, take home that yes. I teach a lot of, um, well, my clients, but also friends and is say you can do, you can do it. For your kid, actually, you can do t- tapping. Yeah. Is what okay. They, so tell the. So say something happened. Say on the playground, your kid got hurt, injured somehow. You know, and um, they're crying. They come to you. Okay. This is what I do all the time with roads now. Like, so I'll just hold him. Okay. He actually does it to me sometimes. It's so oh, because he's so he's very affectionate. Oh, yeah, little guy. So I'll just you know hold him, you know, or put my arms around him and I'll just tap the back of his shoulders. Uh-huh. And I'll say either if he can't talk about it, I will narrate what I saw happen. Uh-huh. So I'm processing like in real time. Right. Desensitizing that event and then we go back maybe that night, tap again, tell me what was the worst part about that monkey. Oh, you know it was when I got up and I had all that sand in my mouth. Oh, that must have felt yucky and then you know yes and anything else and, and you're tapping back and you're and just forth. you're tapping back and forth wow. as he's talking you can tap on their knees i do that with the olders this is a tool that we can use to really help a lot alleviate a lot of a lot of things oh i love that i love <laughs> yeah. that and do you teach them to do it themselves and of course teaching them to do it themselves so like even like teenagers who maybe have um, a phobia or a test taking 
fear and just doing the tapping like underneath their desk. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, just tap your knees like this and just you're tapping in in this way, you're tapping in the resources and all the support. So I it's see. not just like the um, calm place, which you can do. So yeah. if you're really activated, you go to that calm place. There's other like nurturing um, feeling like somebody in your life, maybe that makes you feel really good. Yeah. Who is that? And then you can tap that person in. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can use it outside of sessions. You don't come to therapy if it's very severe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I but like that tip a lot. Mm-hmm. And I will end on that. I love it. Do you have anything else to say about it that I, I, I didn't get into? Um, I don't think so. That but if you're interested in learning more about it, it's... Um, Emdria, E-M-D-R-I-A, is an organization that has a lot of resources to and, and studies and stuff that you can find out to, more information. To go online and Google that. And then yeah. give, give us your information in case people want to hire you. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Stephanie uh, Demery is is my name. And you can find me if you just Google D-E-M-E-R-Y. me. D-E-M-E-R-Y. Uh, you might find me under Stephanie Kinlock Demery. Okay. <laughs> or Stephanie Kinlock. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and just email you. Yeah. For more yeah. Okay. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email me at joanna at parentingportal.com. If you want to learn more about our experts or to schedule a consult with me or a speaking engagement, or you just have a parenting question you need answered, go to parentingportal.com. And remember, parenting is so, so hard. Give yourself a break. You're doing a great job. And do something for yourself today. Got to let it go and just enjoy the show.